Welcome to the Songwriters Podcast with Anne Sibley. This is a podcast for music lovers and songwriters, whether you write at home, you are just getting started writing, or you've been writing for a really long time. It's meant to inspire you to work on your own songs, engage with songwriting, and really use it as a healing process. So I'm Anne Sibley. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I have some space for some new clients. If you are looking to strengthen your songwriting skills, strengthen your voice, build your confidence, I know that music really boosts our happiness. I know uh, from firsthand experience that it really awakens our spirit and it really helps us be more of who we're meant to be in the world. And there's so much negativity around our own talents and skills. So I love coaching. I have a few spots for some new people. So just reach out to me today and we'll connect. You are listening to episode 12 with Lori Lewis. I cannot wait for you to hear this hour of music. She is such a light in the world and an inspiration to me as a fellow woman, as a fellow songwriter and musician. And I'm so honored that she sat with me today. Cannot wait for you to listen. Let me know what you think. And thanks so much for being here. I know there's a million podcasts out there. So I hope you enjoy this um, time that I spent with Lori Lewis and just soak up her music. All right, here we go. Well, hello, Lori Lewis. I am so glad to be with you today. Thank you for being on the Songwriters Podcast. Oh, you bet. I'm uh, happy to be here. Well, I love that we're in the same time zone and not that far apart from each other. And uh, I have memories of listening to you and your music from stages in Wyoming when I used to live in Jackson Hole. And then we started traveling to festivals and it was fun to um, be able to be at some of the same festivals. So I have enjoyed your music from afar for a while and would love to hear, you know, before we jump into a song, just how is music going for you right now? What's what's happening in your music life? Anything you want to chat about this morning music wise? Sure. Um, yeah, music is going pretty well in my life overall. Um, I have a fantastic band, a little four piece band that I play with and I love it and I have an album that'll be coming out a new album that'll be out um, well it's probably going to be March but I'm going to have them in hand (laughs) next week (laughs) and so uh, that's pretty exciting for me and uh, the the part that has been difficult for me and just get this out there right now is um, the fact that my long long time uh, duet partner and partner in the band, Tom Rosam, um, has Parkinson's and is, has not been able to play. So there's been a, a really big transition in our lives and, uh, it's pretty painful, but, um, I don't know, at least I still have music. (laughs) I don't know what I'd do if I could not still sing and play. Oh, I appreciate you sharing that so much. You and Tom have made such beautiful music over the years. So we will definitely hold him in our thoughts and prayers and so grateful for the the beautiful duets the two of you have made. And that, that must be so difficult. And I'm sure he's so proud if he if he could say of what you're doing, that you're continuing to make music, that you have a new album coming out. I love that excitement. That's very inspiring this morning. Yeah, and Tom actually did the cover artwork, which is amazing. It's so beautiful. So I can't wait to see that. Oh, I can't wait to see that beautiful artwork. And I definitely all I think about and have been hearing in my head for the last couple of weeks since I knew we were going to do this together is the two of you singing the oak and the laurel. And that was my husband and I early on as a duet in, in Wyoming, someone definitely handed us, someone either handed you, handed us your CD, or we might've even checked it out at the library. And I remember I just looked at the list the other day and I'm thinking, I know every single song on this album um, that the two of you did. And the Oak and the Laurel is just a beautiful song that you wrote. So I love that we can send some love out to Tom today and, and uh, be thinking about him as we talk about your beautiful music. 
Thank you. Yeah. Um, I love that you maybe uh, checked it out of the library. I think that's great. <laughs> Isn't that a fun memory? I was a light. The other thing I've done when I haven't um, been living my creative assignment <laughs> has been to be a librarian. And so I knew how great the collection was. And um, I believe it was one of the CDs or I went and checked out another one of your CDs. So well, we would well, love my to. My latest CD is up on, already kind of a preview on uh, from the in the San Francisco Public Library. So it's, it's pretty exciting. I haven't checked it out yet, but I know it's there. That's wonderful. Okay, we will definitely check that out or whenever people are listening. And what's the name of this new album, Lori? It's called Trees. I love it. I love it. Graceful, beautiful. I feel like you're always connecting uh, me back to the earth when I'm with you and I'm when I'm listening to your music. So which song are you going to play for us this morning? Because I really want to treat the listeners who are jumping on the podcast. I want to treat them early on here to to your voice and and the words that come through you through your music. Well, thank you. Yeah, I keep changing my mind every three seconds. You know, another song flits through my head. But I think I'm going to stick with this one right now. Um, it's a it's a story song, and this is this is from an album I did a few years ago, just a live album, uh, and it's about a place a lot of people have been, but hard not very many people, in my experience, decide to stay there, and that is Barstow, California. So I wrote a song. Uh, passing through there one day. I just sat and wrote what I thought was a short story, really. And eventually it became a song. But uh, this is it, and it's called Barstow. I came from the West on all 58 when I first arrived. Running hard to escape from a life I couldn't have survived But my car broke down and I couldn't pay And I couldn't afraid with a kid on the way So I settled down for a little while in Barstow well, Barstow is a traveler's stop Where the highways meet and cross Out on the great Mojave Where dust is a major crop Full of rusty trailers and junker cars Piles of rubble and smoky bars No, there's not much that'll keep a girl in Barstow But I waited tables, cleaned the rooms Anything to get by I sold the sundries and pumped the gas And the months went by And then she came my desert rose So I stayed to watch her grow Until such time as we'd be leaving Barstow Broke down on some back wall. 
traveler's train And as I watch the trains make up in the yard I still keep an eye for an empty car Though I know I'm here to stay a while in Barstow Where the winter months are bitter And the wind plays a lonesome tune The summer starts in April And it lasts through the harvest moon Santa Anna's will make you crazy And that hot sun makes you so lazy That it's easier to stay Than leave old Barstow But the rains come like a carnival And the wildflowers bloom And wet concrete, creosote and sage Are my favorite perfume At night the stars are on parade was so absolutely wonderful oh my goodness you're such a good storyteller i just was oh thank you it's... hanging on every verse and the pictures that you painted and the beautiful rhymes and uh it just made my heart so high. i feel like my heart was bigger than it normally is you know you kind of think oh my heart's over here and it was like i just felt your music just all in my chest it just was making me so happy oh and thank you i'm glad you picked that song I think it really shows the beautiful storytelling abilities that you have and how much you've traveled this country and sung for other people. And that was fantastic. I loved it. Well, thanks. As I said, you know, I was driving through that town and I just, it just struck me that it's, it, it's so depressed right now. I mean, except for these little, um, you know, places at the exits on the, on I-15 and I-10 where um, there's all kinds of new corporate uh, structures, buildings, you know, like your Starbucks and your, I don't know what, steakhouses and stuff. And I just, I went down through the uh, old downtown. I just drove through there and I just like, I thought, I remembered stopping on tours and taking a swim on a, like a, hundred degree day in the uh, public pool and it's just like it doesn't exist almost anymore and I just wondered what it would make to have somebody choose to stay there so I made up a a story which I think is pretty believable it is it is I love that you have that songwriting antenna up you know when when we're around we're paying attention and I feel like you're such a sensitive soul and and uh, I always have felt you know from when I first met you that you cared so much about people and our environment that's really come through in your music and in your performances so I love that you would gather all this up and and I hear so many beautiful influences um, in your songs and I, I would assume you've sung and played with and um, learned, you know, just so many other amazing songwriters songs. So I love, I love hearing that richness in what you're doing. Oh, thank you. And I'm Thanks. thinking, I'm thinking maybe I, I was wondering a few minutes in or not a few minutes, a few seconds in, I thought I, I'm getting a private concert, um, at least at this point from you. And I thought, what, what have I done? I must have some good karma. <laughs> so thank <laughs> well, you. you do. You definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful how yeah how is um what's songwriting like for you um whether you want to bring us back a little bit of how it started in your life um or if you want to talk about you know just your process now or um we'd love to just hear hear how it comes to you and um how it works for you sure sure yeah um I have to say that uh you know I've wanted to i 
I just ran across a notebook from when I was a teenager. I was probably 16 and I scrawled across this one page in big letters. I said, I so want to write a song. And I, I did try when I was a teenager, but I, I, nothing ever happened. And then I got sidetracked into, um, away from music and into uh, modern dance mostly uh, for a few years. When I got back into music, I was lucky enough to um, to be in a band with Kathy Callick, and she just she really inspired me, or else made me really jealous. I'm not exactly sure which, <laughs> you know, because I would search high and low for a song that was right for me, and um, we'd work it out in the band, and then lo and behold, you know, everybody's mining from the same uh, this the same shaft, you know, of old time and bluegrass gems, and it would come out on the next Emmy Lou Harris record or something. And, and I just, just like, it would, it was not, I wanted something that was mine. And Kathy in the band would, you know, she'd bring in a song she wrote and we'd work it out and it never got taken away from her in that way, you know, and I wanted that. So I think, I started writing, uh, just I, somehow I got enough uh, listening and enough paying attention to lyrics that it, they just started coming out. And I've never been a prolific writer and I'm always, I have bad uh, discipline, disciplinary practices. I um, Jot, just jot down ideas on whatever little scrap of paper is around me at the moment, if it's a bar napkin or a, you know, a receipt or something like that. And then I kind of gather them all together and put them in a folder. And then when I have space and time to sit with these ideas, uh, I actually write and, and complete things. Um, every once in a while, a song, of course, just comes to me, and and uh, there's it feels like there's no stopping it. It's just the, it just comes. Most of it comes, and then I feel really really lucky. But that's because I've been paying attention and uh, have my antennas up and um, have been sort of laying groundwork or something for it. I think, although. There have been instances where something just comes completely out of the blue. And uh, I don't know, that just seems like a, a gift from the cosmos or from some songwriter who didn't get to it in their life and they <laughs> keep trying to give it to me. Oh my goodness, I love hearing you describe that. It's so true. There are times where we're just like, where did this come from? And and right, I, I remember hearing that kind of thought at one point, like, all right, if you don't write this down, like it's almost just going to like a cloud or like this, you know, river overhead somehow, it's just going to go on to the next person. It, it definitely will. And it does. And I have, uh, you know, the songs that have gotten away, the great songs that have gotten away because I haven't written them down as like they're fish stories, you know, <laughs> it was this big. <laughs> but I can't remember it anymore. <laughs> um, let's see, what was I going to say? Something else about that, my writing process. Well, the song Barstow uh, began, as I said, I, I just pulled off to the side uh, to a rest area, as I recall, and wrote about three pages of just on, in a notebook, uh, this story and these ideas. And I thought, what the heck am I ever going to do with this? And I ended up taking those pages out of the notebook and putting them in my folder. And when I was away on a uh, write, a month-long writing retreat in uh, Wyoming, I pulled that out and I just said, okay, I think it's a song. And then it was like a nine-verse song. And it was like, how am I ever going to get through this? It's nine verses. So then I had to rely on my, um, my 
uh, musical expertise such as it is to to divide it up into ways that would keep the story going and be interesting uh, to the listener so that you wouldn't just go oh god this song's never going to end so I, I think it went pretty well yes yes oh yeah I loved the length isn't that wild there really is a a, a sweet spot of something is long enough because we're really getting into it and then something getting a little too long and I hope you saved those other verses because I, I feel like that could be a neat thing to for, maybe just for yourself to be able to read no all there are, no, are there are still nine verses <gasps> there I were all nine verses yeah. Really? You didn't yeah. shake any? Oh, oh, I thought you meant you you cut some of them out. No, I didn't want to cut any of them. <laughs> so um, I that's what it is. I do two verses uh, with back to back with the same melody, you know, da -da 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 -da. that. And then I just thought, OK, two verses in a row. That's we can listen to that. But then I need something to really change it up. And that's where I went to the three. And and that and then just using turn turnarounds uh, that don't have anything to do with the song. Actually, I mean the they're, uh, they're little turnarounds that I made up rather than having any kind of solos for the band. You know, try to keep it short and condensed uh, instrumentally, and I think it it works that way. That's that's masterful. I'm getting it. I'm really getting it. That is so neat. I, it's amazing those little things you can do to, you know, make something, you know, beautiful for the listener. Well, I try. I try not to bore people <laughs> too terribly much. <laughs> Well, it's uh, it, it it that is really is you know it's interesting. I I work with a lot of songwriters and and there are some songwriters that just so much spills out of them, and then there really is a need to whittle down. That's where my mind was going when you first mentioned it, and yeah. um, I think that's harder. I think it's harder when there's more there. So, although then then on the opposite extreme, when you you know are the person that like writes the two verses and a chorus and then. You know, it just sits. I've been stuck that way a lot where I've had to then go back and write that third verse. And, you know, I'm not in that first like initial inspiration. And so it's a little harder or life needs to be lived a bit to figure out that third verse. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely happens. Or a two verse song is OK, especially if you play in a band, you know, if it's got that good chorus. Um uh, all you need to do is, you know, I mean, maybe it's a radio play thing. It's like your three minute song. Right, right. I know a lot of times I'll end up repeating the first verse <laughs> or just using a little part of the first verse at the end of the, the song. Maybe it's kind of cheating, um, but it usually it's it's because it, it has meaning and it wants to come back. You know, I really try yeah. to listen to what the song wants. Um, I remember Daryl Scott planting that little saying uh, it, early on in my songwriting career, he said, what does this song want? And, uh, and I've used <laughs> that. I still use that. What does this song want? Instead of the thoughts I'm trying to put on it. Yeah. But I love that you pulled over on the side of the road as well. That's such a great thing. I, I was just telling the story at a concert the other night that I had, uh, written a song. It started to come to me while I was on the ski lift in Wyoming and then had and was singing it while I was zooming down the trail and had to get home and like run across the you know room in my ski boots over to the <laughs> piano. I was like, I don't want to lose this. Um, wow. So it's fun yeah. to interact with inspiration that way and uh, be is. that be that conduit and not lose it. And it's it's an exciting part of our lives mm -hmm. to Absolutely. be songwriters. Yeah, I'm I'm so yeah. impressed with your. Um, you know, with your ability to continue touring and stick with it. I, I have taken a very big touring break, um, mostly to raise kids. Um, but I would love to hear, um, you know, just how, how that works for you, how you stick with it. Um, you know, just, yeah, that mu musical life as a songwriter and as a touring musician. Yeah. Well, as a, you know, I'm not just, I'm not a songwriter that, that I, I don't know. I write my songs for myself, not for somebody else. 
Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm totally thrilled if somebody wants to sing one of my songs, but that's not an incentive for me. And so I just feel like if I want to keep on, I need to put the songs out there in order to keep the pipeline open, the creative pipeline open for me. Um, and if I don't get them out there, I just sort of get, uh, I stop producing, you know, I just, I, cause I feel like I have this backlog and well, I got to sit on this stuff and, you know, work it out. And if I have a band or, uh, you know, tour or something like that, then I'm going to stay more within my creative flow. And, uh, that's so I, I do it. Uh, I don't tour like I used to do. Um, I don't, I'm not gone for very long. I try to make, make it be like a long weekend instead of, you know, three weeks on the road or something. Um, but, uh, I try to be smarter about my touring these days. Um, but I still love to get out and play for new audiences in new places or return to see faces that, you know, people that have been listening to my songs for a long time. I like to keep in touch. That's, that's so wonderful because it's fun to be talking to you right now because I am just starting to get back out there. I've definitely been playing a lot more local shows and you're so right. There's something that just comes alive in you as a, as a performer and as a songwriter and as a human being, when you get to actually share these songs and put them out there, there's really mm -hmm. nothing like that. You're right. It becomes more alive and then you want to write more. And I went and did my first solo. Now, now my husband and I have been performing as a duo for decades and yes, then in this last, I love you guys together. That's great. oh, thank you so much. And uh, and in this last decade, though, we really have taken a break and and have been just super busy raising a family. And and so I went actually out in August and drove a couple hours north and went to a really good friend's and did my first solo house concert. And it, it was so it was so scary in some ways, um, but so exciting. I loved it, and it was because it was so good like you said, to be out playing for people, to meet new people. One of my biggest fears was, you know, everyone was going to be like, oh, that was great, but we miss Pete <laughs> and his harmonies. Like, you know, that was nice. And, but where's Pete and his harmonies? And I, I told Pete this fear before, before I left um, for this little tour. And he said, you know what, just, just play like you play in the living room, you know, just enjoy it and play like you play in the living room. And, you know, cause I'm thinking, oh, he plays guitar so much better than I do and all these things. Right. And, uh, and so during the concert or a little ways through, I all of a sudden said, oh, who, who has, you know, who heard Pete and I perform, uh, last time we were here and, and about three people ah. in the whole audience <laughs> had heard, oh, our fears. It's amazing. If we live life by our fears, we just wouldn't get out yeah. there. So you're right. It's, it's so wise. I, I've been loving being back out. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, I love playing with the band and uh, we do, we don't just do my songs in the band. We do all kinds of other things because it's just, I love the communal aspect of playing music with other people. That's really what drew me to, to music. I think in the first place, that's how I see it. But there's something to playing solo or just in a duo that really focuses people's attention on the actual songs. And um, it's great to have that as well. So bravo. Oh, bravo. thank you. And, and you know what is great is that I've started to perform locally with there. were um, I brought seven other musicians along. So I am right with you. Like the community um, that's that we've met here and can perform with. Uh, and just they also get to showcase their songs. They're such a beautiful thing yeah. of music and community and and I think we all appreciate being together live again after the pandemic. And we have so many songs from the pandemic, um, things to share. Mm -hmm. And so beautiful. It really is. Well, um, is it time for another song? I was just feeling that. Well, because you said so many songs from the pandemic. 
and I have a song from the pandemic. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's on my new album, uh, just done as a, pretty much just a solo with some guitar turnarounds. But um, uh, you know what, early on during the, uh, the pandemic, it just didn't seem very real to me, you know, what's this thing going on somewhere out there in the world. But uh, when I heard the news that John Prine had died, it just really hit me. Oh my God, or, you know, just lost somebody I love and respect and admire. And um, I, it, that made me remember a, uh, the first time, I think it might have been the first time I met John, or maybe maybe I met him at the Bluebird Cafe one time in, in uh, Nashville. But I was playing at Strawberry Music Festival, and my band was playing a, a like, noon set uh, on Saturday. And John came to the festival and stood at the side of the stage and listened to the whole set. And... Uh, made me very nervous <laughs> but uh when when we were done and I, I went backstage John came around to the back and he said why'd you have to break my heart so early in the day and that line just stuck with me for years I thought I gotta use that in a song somewhere I don't know what it is and I tried to write one a few times and it didn't work but when I heard the news that um he had died. That was my immediate thought. And so I, I wrote a song. And should I just sing it right now? Is that what? I would absolutely love to hear it. Okay, here we go. Stumbled into the kitchen and turned on the news like I always do To make sure that the world is still all in one piece as I make my brew But before the coffee hit the cup I heard your name and I looked up And turned my ear to hear what they had to say Why'd you have to break my heart so early first heard your songs, I recall that they kind of blew my mind How you'd fit so much ordinary life into every simple seeming rhyme But you were mining a deeper vein right under the corner of Fifth and Main Below the words you had some truth to say Oh, why'd you have to break my heart so early? song's just a song and it's probably not gonna change the world We've rhymed every rhyme and every melodical twist has been curled But damn man, you had an art you could make me laugh and then tear out my heart And I wanna give back so I guess that I'll start by returning the lines You once sent my To break my heart so early in the day. Why'd you have to break my heart so early in the
Oh, goodness. What an incredible tribute. I'm so honored that you just played that on the podcast. And wow, <laughs> that was just so he's so a part of that. And it's amazing how we need this music to process our grief and to tribute, make tribute. And um, I just love how much that his music is a part of your heart. And your music was in his heart. And the, the melody is just gorgeous, right? I mean, their lyrics are one thing and they can be incredible on their own. But then we add this melody and I just, oh, that melody you have added, especially in that chorus. And you got to the end and towards the end and I'm like, wait, I, I want nine verses on this song too, because I just want to hear. <laughs> no, it's really keep... short. It's just, it's a super short song. I think it's under three minutes, It's but it says everything it needs to say. It doesn't want to be longer than that I don't think oh I mean you nailed it it's his music um yeah I feel his music in there and I feel his spirit and not I didn't know him personally but his songs just continue like you said to blow my mind I I started listening to unwed fathers oh um, that what a great great song Hold well on. I heard I heard um I'm with her you know the three yeah right uh the three women that um oh and they i don't know oh they were probably doing it at the ryman as as a tribute to him and i caught it on you know on youtube and um i just started singing that unwed fathers and then the the next couple songs i've been trying to write right after that were like complete john prine songs and that is Mm. so wild to think that like his music and his spirit even more so sadly once we lost him probably has infused himself into itself into more of our songs well you know like Joni Mitchell said uh don't it always seem to go you don't know what you got till it's gone and uh we had John Prime Hmm. oh well so moving Lori I mean your heart is so big and and uh I know he was blessed to know you and have your music in his life and and what a gorgeous thing to sing a song about him and for him and and for like you said we write these songs for ourselves and that's why that's why um I tell all my songwriting students I'm like you can't be thinking about other people while you're writing this song you can't be thinking about you know they'll sometimes ask me how does this land I'm wondering how this is going to land with other people and I said you got to dive deep in here and you the more you dive deep and the more you pull out your own gems oh my god we are going to feel it it's going to reverberate in us it's going to dig up Yeah. Yeah. What, um, it, you know, it makes me think of just other influences or other, you know, musical greats you've played with or any, I don't know, just any other stories or experiences you have from the road, um, that have influenced your music, anything else that you treasure or that you want more of? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have been very, very lucky to play with some of the, uh, you know, earlier uh, generation of of bluegrass musicians. And um, they have certainly influenced my my writing and and my music and, uh, you know, have enriched my life. People like George Shuffler, who was a, a guitar player with the Stanley Brothers, and um, uh, people like Vern Williams and Ray Park, who were, you know, sort of our our California bluegrass heroes, uh, two guys from Arkansas who moved out here in the 30s or uh, maybe, yeah, probably the 30s, 40s. Uh, I'd say 40s. Um, but, uh, and touring with Ralph Stanley. I mean, this stuff always all just like has tied me to this earlier music. And, uh, I, I love to draw on that. Um, but I also, I'm very, very lucky in that I've been, uh, able to play with incredible young musicians who just keep kicking my butt, you know, and, um, and encouraging me and and um embracing my music you know so i've become like uh 
I mean, I think I get more from them than they get from me, but, um, you know, maybe they're going to be saying, oh yeah, I got to, I got to play with Lori Lewis. It's like me saying I got to play with Ralph Stanley. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Um, but in terms of writing, I mean, all of that stuff comes comes out of my writing. And I have to say, lately, I've been on a complete Merle Haggard binge. And I just love his singing so much. And I appreciate his writing so much. We just played um, last weekend in Kernville, California, right on the Kern River. So uh, I brushed up Kern River. Uh, Merle's song and did that and it uh, was just I don't know it just made me just really appreciate him so much and also I have to say <laughs> another real influence is um, uh, the Norteño music the Mexican music that I've gotten to hear growing up in California uh, we're in Northern California but all my relatives my my on both sides of my family are from Southern California. So we would constantly be doing these road trips down Highway 99. And um, I found myself to be the one kid who would sort of take charge of the radio. <laughs> and because uh, when you get down around Bakersfield and you know, in Fresno and stuff, there's like such, there used to be such incredibly great uh, uh, Mexican music, Mexican American music on the radio all the time. And you could hear the conjunto bands and um, mariachi and everything. And that's, I just like love that stuff. And that has really gotten into my music in ways too. I, don't, I mean, you couldn't hear it in those two songs, but uh, it's in there. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Those are just giving me ideas of uh, going and listening to these inspirations of yours and influences. That's so yeah. much fun. What did it, did it feel like, um, well, I know you, you know, you perform with Kathy Kallick and um, did it feel like it was, I'm just thinking of you being a female, um, you know, singer songwriter out there. And I know I should say first for myself, you know, it was really interesting. I was like, okay, I'm the singer, you know, my husband's playing guitar, these guys are all playing. And then I started to see the real time travelers come through when I was young. And I thought, oh, there's women and they're, they're, they're playing instruments too. Okay. I can do it as well. And that really opened up my world a little more to actually starting to play an instrument. But what has that been like for you? Uh, what's, what was the experience like? Were you the one woman and a lot of, you know, men and all the music or yeah, just anything that well, much of my uh, career has been being the one woman in a lot of men, uh, because I love bluegrass music, and it was—it's been overrun by men. I mean, it, it, you know, since the get-go, because uh, of the culture it comes out of, and uh, uh, every—you know, just so many uh, social situations. Um, and also, sort of, I mean, I got to say, there's a lot of that my, sort of bluegrass machismo, um, which we have to combat. But that has just um, been melting away with all the young, incredibly facile, talented, vibrant women uh, instrumentalists and singers. And uh, I mean, I when I started playing bluegrass, I was primarily an instrumentalist. I, you know, I started playing, I was playing fiddle and singing harmony in bands rather than writing and singing my own songs. So um, the Bay Area was a different place than almost every place else, I think, for bluegrass in that it was, it, we had a lot of women in the scene when I got in the scene in the seven, mid, early 70s. There were already women there, and I didn't think there was anything odd about it. Um, uh, you know, women mandolin players and fiddlers and bass players and guitar players. So it was only when I started touring more, say, after I put up my first solo album when I was like 36 and started touring, um, 
that's when I noticed, oh, golly, every, everywhere else is really weird. <laughs> there's all this, there's all this <laughs> prejudice and, and all this stuff, which I had not experienced. But by that time, I w knew what I was going to do, and I just didn't care what people thought. Love it. I love it. That's great, wise advice. And it is, I mean, as you were talking about that young scene now and the, the women, I mean, the women have just blown. I remember the first time I saw Sarah Jerose, I thought, oh my goodness, wow, you can play like, you know, you're a female and you can play like that on your instrument. This is so inspiring. Well, I have to say that this is the first year in the history of the International Bluegrass Music Association. You know, they put out, they do um, uh, their, uh, award show every year. This is the first year where they, and they put, do instrumental awards in six categories, uh, fiddle, mandolin, banjo, guitar, bass, and dobro. And this is the first year there have been three women winners and three men win winners in, in those instrumental categories. And that's fantastic. Maybe next year it'll be four and two. Right? That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, you're definitely inspiring and you have been and I love it. You're like, I didn't care. This is like, this is your assignment. It's been your assignment and you've taken it. And, and again, to be brave and courageous and put your time into touring and sharing your music is just fantastic. It's so inspiring. Well, other people might see that as, you know, the grasshopper and the ants or something i'd <laughs> rather be out there playing than <laughs> yes putting my nose to the grindstone i mean we do in a different way but i i know it can be seen that way as a selfish mm. choice oh well i love it i you know what i had heard recently um not just a win-win but she was saying a win-win-win so it's like it's a win for me it's a win for you it's a win for everyone you know, when we step into these things, it's like, you're going to play your music. It's a win for you. You're going to play it. It's a win for those of us that get to listen. And it's, you know, then you inspire others. And I, I just love that. I love yeah, that. It's a that's, good reminder. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's such a good reminder. Well, as we wind down, um, we're all going to be looking for your new album called Trees. And um, that's was so wonderful. And um, anything else you want to share about that or anything upcoming? Um, I know we can, we can get to your website and see these, uh, wonderful events you have where we can come see you. Yeah. The, well, the website is a good place. I do, uh, it's, they're not up on the website yet for next year, but, uh, I do river rafting trips, uh, two, and I think may, maybe I'm going to do three this next year. Um, and it's just, it's such a fun way to get to share music with people and be out in nature and be on a river and uh, just sit around in the evenings and swap songs. And uh, I don't know, it's, they're really, really fun events. And I'm very glad that I can still do them. I've been doing river trips for 30 years. Um, so uh, yeah. That sounds. They're they're really, they're fun. Now I have people who go on my river trips, who say, "Oh yeah, I don't want to go to a concert anymore. I just want to do a river trip." <laughs> and are these are these the well, river trips in Idaho? Is it that same? I was just hearing about all this finally. Or where uh, are your river well, trips? Are yours in California? I I've done them in California, Oregon, Idaho. Uh, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Utah. And um, so, yeah, all over. Oh, my goodness. And p people could will find those on your website soon, Lori, or is there another spot yeah, to go? Gonna, we, I have to okay. put those up there very soon. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I actually was just with um, John Smith um, at his Esalen songwriting workshop, and he was telling me all about the river trips he does in um, in Idaho. And I thought, okay, it's I want to do this. I want to be like oh, you guys. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're very fun. That's get, so fantastic. You, get hooked, you know, 
and I saw that you're playing at winter grass and, um, I would love to get up to that. And so, so many good things, a new album, the river trip, you have some wonderful shows coming up and I'll put everything in the show notes so people can link right to it. But, um, laurielewis.com is the place to go. And, and, uh, oh my gosh, what a treat. I just feel so honored that you would say yes, um, to being with me today and sharing your incredible music and, having this conversation how we songwriters are we like to talk about ourselves (laughs) (laughs) or sing about ourselves i love it (laughs) i'm so glad you do i'm so glad you do you're just giving me so much inspiration today and that means a lot so thanks for filling my cup today oh you bet thank you thank you for having me thanks so much Lori. this has been amazing thank you Thank you so much for being with me today on the Songwriters Podcast. Don't forget to follow the podcast wherever you are listening, and then you will get a notification uh, each time I upload a new episode, which will be happening more and more. All right, guys, take good care. I went down to my place by the water, saw love standing there. She was shaking tips of her wings and I couldn't help but stay